0: Luke 12, 49 through 53. They read in Jesus' name. I came to cast fire on the earth, and would that it were already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how great is my distress until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to give peace on earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. For from now on, one house, there will be five divided, three against two and two against three. There will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. Let us pray. Father, as we... Come now to study your word, to seek, to apply these truths to our lives, to live them out to the glory of your name. We ask that you would empower us, help us to understand and to live for your sake as well as ours. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I'm, I will honestly say I don't exactly know why I didn't preach on this last week Um, but I definitely learned a lot. I'm in a class right now called We Are Not the Hero by a lady named Jean Johnson. And uh, she was a missionary in Cambodia. And one of the focuses that she has is actually partly what Jesus is talking about here. So I found that really fascinating because as I was studying that, I was thinking about today's sermon. And so um, Jesus says, he starts out, I have come To cast fire on the earth, and would that were already kindled. So, what does that mean? Is Jesus coming so that there would be this great conflagration? You know, this big fire in the world. Well, not in a material sense. And so, if Jesus is talking about this symbolically, what does he mean? You know, because when we think of fire, all right, when you think of fire in Scripture, where do we see? fire in scripture we see the holy spirit the holy spirit is the fire the tongues of fire descending upon the disciples not just the 12 but all the 120 that were in the upper room we see the holy spirit the pillar of fire so what did the pillar of fire do yep led the jewish people through the wilderness and so fire fire empowers fire leads It also protected them. And so the fire divided too. It split the Israelites from the Egyptians. Does the Holy Spirit do that too? Does he create division from Christian to non-Christian? Yeah. From the sheep and the goats. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He actually divides us then from the non-Christians. We'll talk about that when we get to it. So that's what else does fire do? Sacrifice. So fire brought the, brought the sacrifice up to God. And that, that was the, the imagery of it, the smoke rising up. And so part of that, and it was the, the incense as well. You can't have smoke without fire. And so they'd put the coals on the incense and the smoke would rise up. It was to symbolize prayers, but it was also to symbolize, it was the sacrifice that rose to God. And so it, so when the, so I'll have something that's a little bit less known. When the Israelites went into, oh yeah, when the Israelites went into Israel, it's like, I should say that differently. When the Israelites went into Canaan, that'd probably be the better way to say it, because at that time it was Canaan, because they were still conquering, it hadn't yet become Israel. When they took spoil from somewhere, what did they do, what did they do with it? They purified it. So you've got water, for the things that couldn't pass through the fire, and you've got fire. And so that was a time of division because when fire purifies something, it burns off what is dirty and it leaves what is pure. And so we have division as well. So when, um, when Aaron's sons brought fire, brought unauthorized fire to the Lord in offering, what did that fire end up doing? It divided them from their life. It divided the true priesthood from the not true priesthood because it killed Aaron's sons, two of Aaron's sons. When the, at the rebellion of Korah, when they went to bring incense to God outside of the priesthood, not through the priesthood, but outside of it on their own, fire came out from the Lord too. And it divided the true priesthood from the false priesthood there also. Because remember, our prayers don't come to God on our behalf, or they don't come to God because of our righteousness. They come to God through Jesus. So also that fire at the rebellion of Korah, it was supposed to come through the priesthood, which was to represent Jesus. And so this is what fire is doing. And so when Jesus says, I have come to cast fire on this world, what Jesus is saying, I have come to bring division. There is going to be division within this world at every level. That's what I am doing. I am bringing division because the holy and the unholy, not the secular, the unholy, they need to be divided. We need to know what is holy, what is not holy, what is unholy, what is against God. Because those things which are against God will burn up. Those things which can become sanctified and can be brought in, they need to be purified. We don't just bring them in as a whole, pell-mell, with no purification, with no washing, They need to be purified as they come in. And so when we think about it in terms of our culture, are there good things in our culture? I know usually we say, no, but there are. There's a compassion for the victim within our culture. Do you know that doesn't exist in most of the world? In most of the world, there's no compassion for the victim. You go to Muslim lands, you go to Hindu lands, you go to Buddhist lands, there's no compassion for the victim. Confucianism does not, have, does not have compassion for the victim. We celebrate the underdog. We celebrate the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So it's good to make your voice known. You know what the opposite uh, proverb, the Chinese proverb is with that one? The nail that stands up gets hammered down. Two different visions of someone saying, hey, something's going wrong here. The Chinese say, shh. Confucianism, shh. Don't say anything. You'll get hammered down. With American culture, we say, you have a responsibility to say something because the only way that things ever get done is by someone speaking. There are good things in our culture. They need to be sanctified. They need to be brought into submission to Jesus. How is that done? Through division. It's through purification. It's by this fire. This is what God is calling us to do. As, and so, when the Holy Spirit comes into us, you know one of the gifts that he gives us? is discernment discernment is the, the dividing between spirits is this spirit from God or is this spirit not from God and so in some ways we'll say attitudes because the, the spirit of the thing is also the attitude of the thing are there good attitudes have you guys ever had a bad attitude have you ever known anybody that's had a bad attitude never you should come and hang out with Nathaniel for a little while during youth group sometimes We'll learn what a bad attitude looks like. Nathaniel sometimes expresses it too. (laughs) But you know, we talk about attitudes. There's good attitudes and bad attitudes. How do you know the difference? It's through the work of the Spirit of God that we can actually discern the difference between the bad attitude and the good attitude. Because are there times to be upset? I hope so. There are things that we should rail against. And there are times when my upsetness is not legitimate. Yes, I have been crabby at times, not very often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kirsten, sh- <laughs> yeah. So please don't ask. And so we, we <laughs> so what does the Holy Spirit do? He teaches us to divide these things. He teaches us to split these things. Fire does that. That's that's the imagery that Jesus is bringing to us. It empowers. And so, at, how does it empower? Well, in the book of Hebrews, what are we told? We cast aside all of the weights that hold us down. Levi, would you run faster if you were holding twenty-five pound weights in each hand during cross country? No, that wouldn't speed you up. Not at all. How do we know what are unnecessary and what are necessary weights? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit. How does He empower us? He helps us shed all of that stuff that's just impure, unnecessary, not important. He does that. Is that sometimes painful? I really like these weights, I've been carrying them for years. They were given to me by my parents. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're probably more than 25 pounds with some of those weights. You know, but are there weights in our lives that need to be shed? Are there things that we've inherited from our parents that we need to drop? Are there things that have been given to us by our culture that we need to say, I am not going to fulfill your expectations? Yeah. How do we know the difference? It is the work of the Holy Spirit. Jim. There are weights that we need to carry. And so those weights are the responsibilities that God has given us as Christians. And so in some way, so as, as a pastor, I can speak as a pastor. As I do counseling, I, as I'm doing counseling, as I'm interacting with individuals, I am bearing the weight of their emotions too. And that is a, that is a weight that God has called me to help bear, because I also help bear their burdens as we go through counseling. As I interact with people, I bear their emotional weight. Now, I have to be careful because I also have to know when to hand those weights over to God. And so there's a cleansing process within within me that has to go on too. So that's one of the reasons why I get tired sometimes and get crabby. <laughs> Mm -hmm. yep when we have become overwhelmed there's a problem in our relationship with God because we're not letting him carry those weights and so yeah yeah and so that's good and so how do we divide that out it's the work of the Holy Spirit as we study the word of God as he applies it into our lives as he directs our steps and And guides us. He helps us divide these things. This is what fire is. This is how to think about fire. It's not just energizing because it does that, doesn't it? Your cars, they move by fire. So as you're driving, you're on fire in a very contained area, thankfully, hopefully. If it's not contained, you have other problems? Talk to all our mechanics. (laughs) But that's what fire is. It energizes, but it also removes, it purifies, it cleanses. It changes. It enlightens. The light, it separates things. You know, we were trying to walk through Jason's studio last, or two nights ago with no light on. It is hard to differentiate path and person until you step on James. <laughs> I actually didn't step on James, thankfully. And he's hiding anyway, so he can't rebuke me. Um, but it's hard to tif- differentiate the difference when there's no light. So light does that. Fire does that. And so, also, then, this baptism that Jesus is talking about here, I have come to have a, bap- I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how great. Well, what, sorry, I've read a bunch of different translations, and so now they're all rolling in my head. And how great is my distress until it is accomplished? What is Jesus' baptism? That word accomplished actually tells us. In the Greek, that's tetelestai. Do you know any other place where you've heard the word tetelestai or it is accomplished spoken? On the cross. Thanks, Nathaniel, our local Greek scholar. <laughs> kind of, yeah. That was his baptism. That was his death. Because there, he died once for all. That we also then might die, that we might actually have life. And this is where Christianity gets so weird. Because in the rest of the world, how do you get more life? And so the founder of Google um, Do you know how many pills he takes a day? 200. And so in order to extend his life, he is taking more things in. Right? And so you think, well, that's crazy. Well, that's how we often think of it. You have a a business that's struggling. What's one of the things that they often do? They take in more money usually through a loan, and that might be good, it might be bad, but they take more in. You know, you're hungry, your body is wasting away, what do you do? You take in food. How do we often think about extending our lives? It's by taking in. What does Christianity say? It's by dying. How do I live more, Jesus? It's by dying. What? You know, you only live once, YOLO, right? Right? You only live once. What does that mean? Actually, I think that's antiquated now. (sighs) I thought I was cool, and that was 20 years ago. And I wasn't then either. But when you only live once, live it to the full. You take in as much as you can, as many experiences, as much hopes and joys as you can. You bring those into yourself, and that's what gives you life. And Jesus says, you die to yourself, and that's what gives you life. Are you willing to die to your wants, your desires, your hopes, your dreams? Are you willing to die to the things of this world? Are you willing to die to this world's expectations and live for Jesus? Are you willing to die to your right to self and live for Jesus? To do as He's called you to do instead of doing what you want to do, what you desire to do, what you hope to do? That's what Jesus is showing us here. That's the baptism by which He was baptized. It was death. It was death to everything except to God. Because he, is, he even experienced separation from God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was for that death. It was in that death that he brought life for us and that he was given life himself. So then he's able to say, It is finished. And so then Jesus says, Are you willing to die? Are you willing to do things that don't fit your culture? Are you willing to die to your sense of comfort? How many of you like to be comfortable? How many of you sleep on a rock? If there's a rock in your, Nathan, if there's a rock in your shoe, do you intentionally leave it there and say, thank you, this is fun? No. Alan does. Yes, thank you, Alan. <laughs> no, we don't. We like to be comfortable. Jesus says, are you willing to die to that for me? Are you willing to die to your hopes? Are you willing to die to your own future? Because this is what Jesus did. And he says that if we live this out, if we live with him, what's going to happen? We're going to end up dying to family. Now, in the Jewish mindset, family was everything. Family was your future. You know, family was an image of eternal life. If you had children and grandchildren, if if God established you a house, God established you a future, what was he telling you? You have eternal life. That was the that's the imagery that God is making here. It's more than that and I'm not going to go into all the more because there's so much more. But if there is division within the family, then that means that there's going to be condemnation in that family too. That's not just by adding more, but it's actually through division. Death divides. Physical Physical death is the separation of the soul and the spirit, or the soul and the body. Spiritual death is the separation of the creature from the creator. So how do we live out that death? Well, are we willing to, are we willing to disappoint people? Are we willing to disappoint ourselves? Are we willing to obey Christ above all? Are are we willing to submit when we need to submit? Are we willing to allow ourselves to be purified? Now, there are some. So, why do I say both of those things? Is there are some of you who have a tendency to be, uh, what would be the word, self-willed? That'd be a nice way to say it, right? Stubborn. Us, not you. <laughs> Thank you, Kirsten. Some of us <laughs> have a tendency to be self-willed, and so those of us who have a tendency to be self-willed, you know what I have to die to? My right to my self-will, when it is sinful. So I die to sin. Well, how does that manifest in me? Oftentimes, my sin does not manifest in me by give, just shirking responsibility and say, "Well, I'm just doing what I was told." Like I, I don't think that's ever happened. I just did what I was told. Like, no, you didn't. That was the problem, Joe. So I have to die to my autonomy. Whereas there's others who have a tendency to just say, well, this is what I was told to do. And so those on that side have to be willing to die to their authorities. Well, this is the way that I was raised. Are you willing to die to that? Because that's how death divides us. Death divides us. And then, so this is the way that I was raised, and now I'm called to die to that. I'm called to die to my traditions. How many of you like traditions? like things to be the way that they've always been because that's the way they will always be. Traditions. You know, some traditions we have to die to because they no longer serve us. How do we know which ones of those are? Just ask me, I'll tell you. No, (laughs) that's... It's by the fire that Christ brings. It's through the work of the Holy Spirit. As you pursue Him, He will show you. These actually, these traditions are weights, whereas these traditions are rockets. Some move you forward, some pull you back. How do we know the difference? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit. So we need Him. So what's this all about? This is about letting... The Lord actually be Lord over our lives. This is about Jesus letting the Father be Lord and how that manifests in this world. What does this look like when the fire comes? What does this look like when Jesus dies and leads us in death? This is going to look like division. Just the way that it is. And is it that we divide ourselves from the world? No, we reach out to the world. It's the world that rejects us. How many of you like being rejected? Yeah, right. You guys are still sleeping, not paying attention. <laughs> we don't like being rejected. I've never liked it. When I've made an offer to someone, made it, I was going to use the word advance, but that's got really bad connotations nowadays.
1: <laughs>
0: Man, it's a problem with reading old books. They didn't have the same vocabulary that we have. When I've tried to help and someone said, no, I don't want you. I want their help instead. That is hard. But you know what that is? That's division. Because they don't want the spirit of God. They want their ears tickled or whatever. It happens. They pursue something else, somewhere else. That's life. So division happens. Is it that we've done something wrong? Sometimes. But how do I divide out when I've been, when I've been foolish? <laughs> and when they're being foolish? That's through the fire that Jesus sends. That's through the work of the Spirit. That's how this works. And so as you're living in this world, you know what's going to happen? You're going to face times of frustration. Is that your fault or is that God doing something else? probably both there at least in my life it seems to always be that how do we react to this how do we react to this world how do we react to rejection how do we react to disappointment how do we react to change lord i need you to guide me because i'll tell you right now i'm not wise enough to guide you because i'm not wise enough to guide me but i will help you in your relationship with the lord because he's wise enough to guide all of us Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to be Lord over every aspect of our lives and your life. Regardless of your tendencies. Because as Nathan is fond of saying, there are ditches on both sides. I actually got that saying from him. He got it from someone else. But we get all of our sayings from someone else somewhere along the line, so whatever. So I can't just say, oh, I'll just always do this and I'll be fine. If I just turned left all the time, I'd be fine. Not a good idea. If I just turned right all the time, I'd be fine. You're just going in circles, dude. How do we know? It's by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But is that just us, me, alone? No. Because you know what we have here? We have a body. We need the body. Wives, do your husbands have any gifts that you don't have? Husbands, do your wives have any gifts that you don't have? So as God has made that happen, <laughs> careful you two, as God has made that happen, so also he's made that happen within the congregation. We need the congregation because God has not created us to be individuals. We are not Americans. America rejoices in radical individualism that's going on right now and so right now we have the libertarian party um, which is slowly taking over the republicans emphasizing that radical individualism and then we have the the more progressive i'll call them progressives because they're no longer liberals Um, the progressives are saying no we have to trump that down on a social level but we have to encourage that at a moral level and so radical individualism is not christianity because we are both individuals and a body. That is Christianity. We need the body. We need the individual. We need both of those because that's the way God has made it to be. You know what? You know what that does? That divides us from the world. We're not going to react to them. We're going to pursue truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It it, patterns repeat, otherwise they're not patterns. And so if it happens here, it happens here. If it's a proper pattern, it's going to go all throughout. And so if it, so that yeah, that division is going to that division is going to exist at a national level, and that division is going to exist at an uh, even within me as an individual. There are times when I just want to say, I'm not in charge at all. You guys do whatever you want. And there are times when I feel like I got to control this so I feel this division inside of myself and so if it's inside of me it's also here and if it's here it's also there and so how do we discern how do I discern what times I need to step in and take authority and what times I need to say all right this needs to play out Lord you have to guide us because it's through the fire that's the fire that Jesus is talking about it all comes back to our you know, this is why we talk about congregation. With this, I'll, I'll end. We're a congregation. What is a congregation? Is a group of individuals that come together. Me sitting out in the wilderness, is that a congregation? Well, it depends on how many voices are in my head, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> I am not a... I'm a congregation of emotions sometimes and thoughts, but I am not a congregation. But this congregation... As a congregation, we need others. But a congregation with no individuals is not a congregation either. Then it's a monolith. And it ought not be that either. And so we need both division and unity. How do we discern that? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit with us together, trying to create that community that God wants. Does this make any sense? So we're, so what did Jesus want? Jesus wanted, Jesus wanted to die. But not for the sake of death. For the sake of life. He wants us to walk in that same spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit. Die to self. Sometimes you have to die to self. Sometimes you have to die to the congregation. How do you know the difference? It's through the work of the Holy Spirit. We're always called to die to sin and live to righteousness. Amen. Well, that was way more philosophical than I planned. Let's pray. Father, we need you to play these things out in our lives. Lord, because I cannot do this without you. We cannot do this without you. Sharing our ignorance does not give us wisdom. Only you do. So, Father, we lack wisdom, so we need your spirit. Let's be humble and open to you. Guide us for the sake of your kingdom, for the sake of your body, for the sake of your church, for the sake of your congregation, for the sake of all those within it. Lord, that your kingdom might come, even unto us. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.